if you just got a phone call telling you that someone you knew had died. <laughs> this is a bad way to start an episode, but imagine you just got a, imagine you just found out that someone close to you passed away. Would you think there was a possibility that your friend was actually killed not by some sort of natural cause, but a shadow man did it? Hmm? Interesting story. And then we're going to go ahead and take a look at the conspiracy theory that humans are not all what they seem. Is it possible that you and your now dead friend are actually part pig? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. Although it's bad news about your friend. I'm so sorry about that. But someone who I'm never sorry to have around coming back from yesterday's episode is our newest Patreon supporter. Everyone give it up. For Ask Swo. Woohoo! Yeah, come on in, Ask Swo. Walking on into Dead Rabbit Command. He was flying us around last episode, but we didn't get him in the Carpenter Copter. And I want Patreon supporters to be able to have their turn to the Carpenter Copter. The episode, yesterday's episode, just kind of ended. It just came to an end. But I really, really like yesterday's episode. I just, uh, I, it was going on too long. I didn't have enough time to give full justice to the pig humanoid story. We'll get to that in a second. But. Ask Swo, you once again are going to be our captain, our pilot. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally get it. Just help spread the word about the show. That really, really helps out a lot. Ask Swo, we're going to start off by giving you the hair hang glider. Just hold on to Ask Swo's ankles. He's going to jump off the highest point of Dead Rabbit Command. We're going to glide all the way out to Canada. Specifically, we're headed to Peterborough. That's in Ontario, Canada. It's January 10th, 1970. And this is kind of a late night. It's late at night, but not too late. We're not talking like spooky 3 a.m. nighttime. Just, you know, evening. Late evening, probably a better way to take a look at it. And there's currently two friends staying at this hotel in Peterborough. There's this guy. We're going to go ahead and call him Drew. Don't have his real name, but Drew is staying at this hotel with his friend. Now, Drew's hotel room is on the third floor. His friend's hotel room is on the second floor, so I mean, maybe, maybe they're not that good friends, maybe they're just acquaintances who hang out in hotels, it's an Eloise horror story going on. So his room's in the third floor, but currently he's in the hotel lobby, he's just sitting there relaxing. And then all of a sudden, Drew, he gets this very, very strong feeling that there's currently somebody in his room. This guy, Drew, when he gets this image that there's currently someone in his hotel room, he runs upstairs. Maybe he got an elevator and then ran out of the elevator. But the point is, is he was running. He was in a hurry to get into his room. And what happens is he's running so focused. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't mean to break. I don't mean to break the immersion. You're on pins and needles. This, there are part, whenever you're covering the paranormal, you obviously come across stuff that is quote-unquote unbelievable because it involves like UFOs or Bigfoots or goblins or ghosts and stuff like that. But I think for the most part, we believe in those things. That's why we're listening to this podcast. Or maybe you're just entertained by these type of stories. But I know a lot of people believe in some sort of paranormal phenomenon. These are things that I call unbelievable believables. 
Because, yes, if a story has a UFO show up, I don't go, what? Interstellar travels? Not possible. Like, it's part of it's part of talking about UFOs. I don't break down all of these stories. We're about to follow Drew into a room where the unknown, where an unbelievable believable will happen. But what I find odd about this story, I'm not going to use the word unbelievable, is that Drew runs to his room. <laughs> Apparently he's Sonic the Hedgehog. He's running so fast that he runs... <laughs> He runs into his hotel room door, and it falls off the hinges. I still just don't believe... I don't... Maybe in the 1970s, hinges aren't what they are nowadays. Maybe this was some totally cheap hotel. It was a Canadian Motel 6. We don't know how big this guy was. We don't know how fast this guy was. We don't know how many Chaos Emeralds he has on him. But he is somehow able to run so fast he knocks the door off his hinges. And now he's standing in his pitch black. I'm assuming just covered in blood, right? That's so fast. He's now standing in his pitch black hotel room. He ran so fast he didn't have time to turn on the light. And in the room with him, in the darkness, he sees a six foot tall shadow man. Now he doesn't use the term shadow man. Shadow man's a relatively recent term in the paranormal world. Honestly, you might find incidents of it farther back, but as far as generally used in the paranormal nomenclature, it's probably only 20 years old. The term shadow man isn't something that was used a lot. So he describes it as a six-foot-tall, dark human figure standing there. And the reason why I believe it's a shadow man is because shadow men have this weird... I mean, I can talk about shadow men like they're the most believable thing in the world because I've seen them. I've never seen anyone knock a door down using speed. But... Shadow men have this unique characteristic where you can be in a black room. You can be in a room with absolutely no light and you can see the shadow standing there. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. You see something darker than black. So anyways, he's seen this thing. Now, remember, this guy was running. This guy was running around the hotel. They're like, stop it, Zach and Cody, and do your homework. He's running around the hotel He bursts through his hotel room door. He sees this dark shadowy figure standing there. But Drew's running so fast he can't stop. So he's... (laughs) I love this story. He runs into the Shadow Man. He's running so fast. Even after hitting the door and it falling to the ground, he's somehow able to keep the speed up. And he smashes into the Shadow Man. And then the next thing Drew knows, he's sitting in his friend's hotel room, which was on the second floor, and he's surrounded by police officers. Apparently what happened, this is what everyone reported, this is what what was found in the prestigious journal. (laughs) I got this story from ThinkAboutItDocs.com, which is one of my favorite UFO websites. They got it from Wally World UFO page. It doesn't exist anymore. I tried. I really wish it did. The prestigious journal Wally World UFO page. This is where they got the story. Apparently, he ran (laughs) into the shadow person. Everyone else at the hotel, what they saw was they saw a young man jump out of a third floor window. Like, he didn't open it up. This guy is an incredibly fast man. He didn't have time to do that. He's incredibly fast. 
He runs through his third-story window. It shatters, and him and a bunch of shards of glass are now falling. And you know how hotels have, like, those awnings above, like, the door? So if you've ever seen a Looney Tune cartoon, there's a... You know, you guys have seen the cartoons. When you go into... I've never been to a nice hotel. When you go into a nice hotel, there's, like, an awning with a cover on it right so you don't get all rainy so you don't get rained on and you walk in and there's like a butler standing there he goes good day sir and you go charles make sure that my bags are upstairs he's 80 years old he's like oh man yes sir (laughs) you packed extra weights just to be mean (laughs) y'all you know what i mean it has the awning and it's like a a covered thing usually green that's what's in the cartoons The dude, Drew, jumped out the window and he landed on the awning. He fell on the canopy and there was glass all around him. He wasn't injured by it either. No one could figure out how he fell at 30 feet, roughly, hit an awning surrounded by broken glass and didn't die. The reason why I'm telling you the story is that I think I've touched on this once or twice over the course of 900 and some odd episodes. What is this, 935, 936? I think I've touched on it a couple times, and I always kind of hold back because I think it's pretty insensitive. I think it's kind of, I think it, I think it could be insensitive. Let's put it that way. But I'm gonna try to discuss it in full here. What if more people are murdered by paranormal factors than we know of? And what I mean by that, how many old people do you think have heart attacks in bed, and you're like, well. He was 82, and his heart just gave out. Well, what if that night, <laughs> that night after he carried my luggage all the way up to the third floor, he's like, uh, can I, can I go take a nap now? That night, a ghost showed up, and it was so scary, he had a heart attack, right? It could be, could be, could be possible. That's not too insensitive, but then I started thinking, what about, like, all the times where people, like, die in their house, and they're like, well, they must have just fallen down the stairs, these stairs that they've walked up and down for 20 years, but, you know, their legs aren't what they used to be, they're an old person, they fell down the stairs, (laughs) they're like, Jason, whoa, 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 are you basically saying that whenever an old person dies, could be a ghost? No, I'm not saying that at all, it could be young people, too, like, freak accidents, Right? Someone skateboarding down the road. Look how fast I can go. Look how fast I can go. And they're skateboarding, and then all of a sudden, they get hit by a car, right? Totally tragic. But did anyone check if that car was driven by a ghost? No, what if they were skateboarding, and then, like, a ghost showed up? Now, you <laughs> scared him. Scared him the opposite direction. It was just Casper wanted to give him a hug. Now, you could go, Jason, you've totally lost your mind. I actually have another. I didn't plan on doing this. I didn't plan on doing this story, but I have another story real quick. Let me pull it up, because it is that. I was just reading it last night, and I go, oh, that'll be cool to talk about. And I realize now I can <laughs> have to talk about it now, otherwise you guys are going to think I'm crazy. Back in, let me. this is basically what my computer's full of, is notes like this. Let me read you this thing here. Where did it go? Okay, this took place in Goldborn, or near Goldborn, England. It was 1970. Whoa, it was the same year. 1970, Goldborn, England. It was nighttime. I'll read this verbatim because I don't have my notes typed out. A motorcyclist was traveling home when suddenly a white figure drifted out in front of him. He felt an arm wrap itself around his neck and was hurled from his motorcycle. 
He fled the area on foot, leaving his motorcycle behind. He returned the next day with police escort, and then it says no other information. And that's from Peter Hogue and Jenny Randall's mystery, a book written, Mysteries of the Mercy Valley. So, I mean, you could have this. Obviously, only the survivors would talk about it, right? And then, like, this dude, you know, he just jumped out of a window. Now, let's say that the canopy wasn't there. Let's say that he didn't live in a Looney Tune cartoon, and he fell and he splatted all over the ground. People would go, oh, no, Drew, he killed himself. He, killed, he lost the track and field meet to the fastest man in the world. Drew's now only the second fastest. He killed himself, and everyone would be like, what? I didn't think Drew would ever kill himself. Is it insensitive to insinuate that not all, but some suicides may be paranormal related? Kind of. I think it's super insensitive. I think it's super insensitive. I, that's a theory that I've had for a while, honestly. And not all of them, obviously. Some suicides you unfortunately see coming, and there's a series of attempts and stuff like that. But what? I mean, as a conspiracy theorist, we do chalk up certain suicides to government intervention or you know we did that whole episode the marconi systems suicides where all these people were dying in these weird ways some of them just really painful suicides and it was all of them worked for this company called marconi marconi systems and obviously we have the famous ones like john mcafee and uh, jeffrey epstein we've done episodes on those guys as well so we don't have any problem attributing a portion of suicides, the, the young man from Linkin Park and the, and the young man from, what was that other band, uh, Stonehenge or something like that? Uh, Stone Temple Pilots? I don't remember. But anyways, we have them that's been linked to, they were going to expose child sex trafficking, so they got killed. And Haish, we talked about that yesterday, was supposed to expose child sex trafficking. Isaac Cappy, remember, he jumped off an overpass, linked to darker forces that made him kill himself. So we don't have a problem thinking of suicides being linked to conspiracy theories. I wonder if there is a connection between suicides and the paranormal. And I will say this, I do think that there probably are a portion of suicides that may not be the shadow man or just some roving ghost walking around Goldborn, England, throwing, that wouldn't be a suicide, but he could have died in that accident. People would just been like, oh, he's reckless driving. I'm sure there is a good portion of suicides that are demonic, right? That are evil entities tricking you, putting thoughts into your head. Like once you get to a low enough moment where your psychic defenses are down, they just swoop in and they just start feeding off of you. I believe that. It's funny. I, I believe that so much. I didn't even really think about talking about that. I was like, oh, that happens. We know that companies kill people. We know that governments kill people. And it'd be best if they made it look like a suicide just to cover up their, their murder. We don't have any problem. We never really debate that. We may debate singular cases and stuff like that, but we know that that happens as a whole. And I believe that there are people who are influenced by demonic forces to do that, to kill themselves. But this Shadow Man, I mean, it seemed like he was just kind of passing through. Like, was his goal there to get Drew to kill himself? We don't know. Like, what was the lead up to this? But the, really, we don't know in the world of paranormal. There's, there's always so many questions, but he could have died and they would have just thought it was a tragic accident he was running so fast in his hotel room he ran through the window or that he killed himself the family would always have questions a friend would always have questions but you would never be able to answer them who would be so insensitive to think that a ghost could have made him kill himself intentionally or accidentally but creepy story 
Um, <laughs> probably borderline insensitive, but the world of the paranormal, we do know, if you believe in this stuff, if you don't, that's fine too, but in the world of the paranormal, we do know that these entities can physically kill you. We've covered stories before. It's rare, but it does happen. But whether or not they're physically killing you, these paranormal entities can definitely put the thought in your head. And once it is there, once it takes a nest and starts growing, then their power only grows stronger. It's a creepy story. <laughs> There's a cheery story for you. There's a cheery one. Ask Swo. Ask Swo. Let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the carboner copter. We are leaving behind Canada. Fly us all the way out to a slaughterhouse. We're walking around in this big old bloodied aprons and wearing goggles and a hard hat. Sure, you need that stuff in a slaughterhouse as well. You know, like bones flying everywhere. Teeth getting caught up in grinders. We're walking around and I'm talking to myself. No one's no one's listening to this. Asquow is totally not listening to it either. He's like, pronounce my name right, you jerk. We're walking around this slaughterhouse, and we got on all of our safety gear. We're walking around on this catwalk. There's a bunch of pigs making pig noises underneath us. And I say, the mighty swine. This lovable little porky monster man walking around on all fours, eating poop, rolling around in its own filth. Did you know that some of these beasts may be our brothers. And you're like, what? What are you talking about, bro? And I said, listen, see that pig over there? That might be your 18th cousin. You're like, what? No, I'm not related to a pig, dude. I'm not related to a pig. And I go, yeah, that's the weird thing. You might be. And I just turn around and walk away all slow. You're like, is that the end of the story? What? Did you bring me here just to say that? This story was recommended to me by Dylan Dobb. Dylan Dobb. Dylan Dabb, maybe. Dylan, thank you so much for sending this over. It's absolutely fascinating because we're going to take a look at a conspiracy theory. This is the thesis statement for this story. Is it possible... You're already shaking your head. You're already shaking your head. Is it possible that a chimp... If you took a male chimp and a female pig and made them had sex, would a half pig, half monkey come out of that pig's vagina? And you go, Jason, no. Jason, just last week you tried telling me that people saw with a 15-second delay, and I've been nothing but bombarded with emails and YouTube comments since saying that I got that wrong. And I did say in that episode, this doesn't make sense, so let me report on it anyways. You guys, I love you guys, but I've gotten several emails being like, Jason, no, you don't see with a 15-second delay. But this story, I think I got right. Apparently, you can take a boar, I don't know if you could do it with a domesticated pig, but if you took a boar, a wild boar, female, and you took a male chimpanzee and made him have sex, there is a possibility that the baby that comes out will be half monkey, half pig. And so, th I'm not just saying this. This comes from a Dr. Eugene McCarthy. He's a geneticist who specializes in the study of hybridization. And he says, no, this is totally possible. You actually could get these two species to breed. And most of the information I got about the story, I got it from an article in fizz.org. It's written by John Hewitt. The article is called, quote, A Chimp-Pig Hybrid Origin for Humans? Question mark. This is what Dr. Eugene McCarthy is saying. 
He says, generally, biologists, when they look at animals and we try to, like, figure out where they came from, how they bred, like, modern-day animals, like, what was its story? How did it get here? They go, we look at the DNA. We look at the DNA and we go, hmm, this is the DNA of a monkey. <laughs> you see on the DNA, it's a little monkey man dancing around on the double helix. They're like, it's obviously monkey. But Dr. Eugene says there's Another way to look at these things. There's another way to look at these things. You have to step back. Don't look at the microscope. Not <laughs> just smash it on the ground. Let that monkey DNA crawl all over the floor. Don't look at the microscope. He goes, there's obvious similarities between species. He goes, case in point, if you look at a monkey and you look at a man, right? You look at a chimpanzee and a human being, you see a lot of similarities. You know, it's funny because my great-grandma, she lived to be 92, and she looked like a chimpanzee. <laughs> She did. She did. I love her to death. But she looked like a chimpanzee. And we're Basque. We're one of the oldest living or still around. There's only like two million of us left, whatever. But oldest ethnic groups, right, coming out of Europe. They don't even know where we came from. We just kind of appeared one day. Uh, my great-grandma kind of looked like a chimpanzee. Now, she wasn't, you know, she wasn't dragging her knuckles or nothing like that. She never threw her poop at me. But her face did start to take a chimpanzee look. And I remember thinking... Maybe, maybe the Basque people are the missing link. Maybe we're that close to the genetic structure. I don't know, but she did. She, I, I adore her. I love her. She didn't look like a chimpanzee when she was younger, but as she got older, she started to look like a chimp. And so, basically, because my grandma vaguely re resembled the chimpanzee. No, he's saying that you can obviously see similarities between primates and humans so that's kind of a no-brainer and our dna is close but if you look at a pig and a human he goes you also see similarities he goes there are clear similarities you can look right at them they said the face is similar the skin is similar to a human skin and they said even when you go into the organs get the microscope back out because when you look at pig organs they are built with this microstructure system that is similar to a human's organs which is why we use pig organs for human transplants. Now, the pig heart, that didn't turn out. They recently tried putting a pig heart in a man, and he passed away two months later. We also, a long time ago, tried putting a baboon's heart inside a baby, sparking the great Paul Simon song. You have this, and that baby died too, so don't go looking for him on Facebook. You're like, oh, I wonder what she's up to. She's dead. But we took a baboon, tried that with a baby, and then the next animal we try is a pig. And I really, reading through this stuff, it really made me think scientists are hiding something from us. Because when you Google about organ transplants, they're all for pigs. They're all for pigs and humans. Right now they're trying to do, I think it's kidneys to help with people who have diabetes. You give them a pig kidney. You can do all this stuff. And they said, well, the reason why we use pig organs is because pigs, when they have a litter, there's a bunch of them. Basically, you can breed them out super quickly. They grow pretty quickly. And their organs are close to the size of human organs. And apparently they're less likely to transfer diseases from the zoophilic diseases, I think they're called. Probably not. <laughs> I think that's someone who has sex with animals. But... Diseases that can affect animals, for whatever reason, they're harder to transfer from a pig organ when you put it in a human body. None of them say, none of them say, well, it's because pig organs are genetically closer to 
human organs than almost every other species. But that is what Dr. McCarthy is stating. He's saying that the, that microstructure within the organs, it, it is close to a human's. It's close enough that you can take out a pig heart and put it in a human and he'll live for two months. He ended up apparently dying of a pig disease, right? wallowing around in the mud they're like john john stop he's like no i can't stop he's all drowning in the mud i it's my <laughs> but a man who recently died i'm sorry but pig heart right they try to give him a pig heart they think they can do it again right they think they can fix it they think they can get this going now i got to google a bunch of fun stuff while i was researching this story i googled can you get a horse heart like can a human get a horse heart put in them. And I found out a, an interesting fact about horses. Did you know, I didn't know this, that a horse can detect a human heartbeat from up to four feet away? And, as you're Googling that, you're like, clearly Jason got that wrong. They can detect heartbeats, for, human heartbeats from up to four feet away. And have you ever seen like horses running, like watching a movie or something like that, and the horses are like running and then, like, a spooky thing happens, and they turn and they run the other direction. They move almost like a flock of birds going all over the place. You know why, how they do that? <laughs> other than movie magic, other than a horse trainer making them do that. In the wild, they can sense each other's heartbeats. So they move as a whole. Basically, if one horse gets spooked, they, other horses can sense how fast their heart's beating. And then all the horses are going, ah, and they start running away. So, yes, those are facts. Feel free to Google them. <laughs> Feel free to fill my email account as well with emails telling me I'm wrong. They can. So I was like, but that, that's interesting. But can a human get a horse? And I kept trying to find this, and I kept finding facts about horse hearts. I just wanted to know. And I just picked a horse at random because I figured it's big. Can you get a horse heart? Because obviously you can't get a duck heart, right? Obviously you couldn't get, like, a cat heart. And then finally I found this website and they were saying no. Someone else, some other lunatic asked that question. And they said, no, the reason why you can't get a horse heart is for two reasons. One, it's huge. They said the horse heart has to pump blood through this massive creature. So if we put a horse heart inside a human, it would crush their lungs. But then the second reason, they go, it's too different. It's just too different. Your body would instantly reject it and you would die. So now we're going back to the pig thing. We're going back to the pig thing. Because those organs do generally work, and we're working to make them work. Even though they may not be 100%, no one's saying, hey, have we tried to get, I don't know, an emu's heart? Have we tried to get, I don't know, like a tapir's heart? Or like a giant tree sloth? No, they're picking pig hearts. And Dr. McCarthy is saying it's because they are related to humans. And this is what he's saying. He goes, the reason why it doesn't show up in the genetic code is that a monkey and a boar have a baby. And the baby comes out as this halfling type creature. <laughs> it's a hobbit pipe. It's like, where's my ring? Where's my ring? <laughs> okay, anyways. Not a halfling, a hybrid is the word I was looking for. It pops out, it's a little hybrid. It's a half monkey, half pig. But <laughs> This story gets super disturbing. Then, apparently, because I'm sure this happens in real life, right? Because in humans, I go, I'm an adult now. I'm going to go have children of my own. I'm going to go have sex with adult women and have children of my own. That's what I say every single day before I leave the house. Animals, though, right? They don't think about that. 
They're just like, I'm going to bang whatever's close. So the hybrid will then have sex with one of its parents. And then that baby will be closer to either a pig or a monkey. Because it's now breeding out basically the hybrid part. So if you had a pig and a chimp, they had a baby that's half and half. And then that half hybrid baby had sex with another another monkey. Now it's only a quarter pig. Right, you know, see how this, you see how this plays out, and they go. What would happen is you would have this going on, so you'd have all of these hybrids created, but then they would kind of work out and become either more pig or more monkey. But at a certain point, they were both. They were both, and some of them became evolved, like over the course of millions of years of interbreeding, became more and more chimp-like and became the missing link or came close to human. And then some of these hybrids kept sleeping with the pigs and stuff like that. And then they became more pig-like. But the point is, is that some of the pigs that we have today, or really the species pig that we have today, is in an essence, we have a shared ancestor. We have a shared, that's the word I was trying to get to. We have a shared ancestor between the pigs of today and us. At one point, we were related through hybridization. And Dr. McCarthy goes, listen, this could be happening right now. He goes, in South Sudan, there's a large population of chimps, apparently, and a large population of wild boars. And he goes, there could be hybrids being born today that are half chimp, half boar. He says that it's possible. He has a website called macroevolution.net, which despite the fact that it looks like it was made in 1998 on like Lycos webpage. It's absolutely horrible design. He does have all these articles and even like fizz.org is a mainstream science website. They weren't calling him a kook. They were just kind of talking about his theory, but they weren't like, look at this lunatic over here. He writes up all these articles. He has like what people get wrong about hybridization. And he goes, most people think that all hybrids are sterile. He goes, that's not true. He says, most people think that all hybrids are created under human like man-made conditions like we do with dogs he goes no out of the 4000 hybrid bird species 2000 of them we've seen in nature like they do it he goes hybridization super common it can happen and stuff like that so very very interesting idea and i was thinking too let's say it's true for a second that pigs the pigs of today are a shared ancestor and that's his theory right that they just just through observation they look more human than they should. If they had no shared DNA, they wouldn't have the same type of organ structure or the, the microstructure on the organs. They wouldn't have the same type of skin or face. I don't really see the face, right? But I guess they do their eyeballs to kind of look at you and stuff like that. But yeah, he goes, if you step back, get away from the microscope, nerds. Step back and actually look at a pig. It looks more human than it should. So that's an interesting conspiracy theory. But that's not the end of it. As we're standing in the slaughterhouse, you totally forgot this story took place in a slaughterhouse. As we're standing there in a slaughterhouse and we're like trying to rescue pigs on the down low without getting fired. Uh, we're still walking around the slaughterhouse and we're like riding pigs around. <laughs> we're getting them as close as we can to the meat grinder and going wee and jumping out of the way with the pig. I'm not letting the pig go in the meat grinder anyways. We've caused a pig riot. We're breaking them out. It's like Animal Farm on steroids, literally, because they pump the food supply full of steroids. That's where kind of this conspiracy theory goes. There's someone posted on the X board recently that pigs in our food supply right now, 
Like, forget the whole, if you don't believe in hybrids, you don't believe any of that stuff that could happen, you're still eating your pulled pork sandwich as you're listening to this episode. The bag of pork rinds right next to you. You might be eating a person. Forget the first conspiracy theory, because the idea is, and this totally makes sense, whether or not pigs were related to humans, we've definitely been in laboratories fiddling around with pigs, putting human DNA in them to make them more useful as far as organ transplants go. We have been messing with them on a genetic level to give them a little bit of human DNA here and there. So then, yeah, they are basically being raised to, one, do experiments on that is for human medication, or two, to harvest their organs. And this theory goes is that they did that. They've been doing that for decades. But because people make mistakes, some of these pigs got into the food supply chain. Some of these pigs that are part human got into the food supply. And not like he went right out of the research laboratory into an Oscar Mayer wiener van and got chopped up. No, they would have been maybe sent to a farm or sent to the wrong location and ended up breeding with other pigs. And so you have hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands of pigs today because they're constantly interbreeding with each other that are in some way partially human. They have human DNA injected into them. Because remember that first story, that took place over millions of years. These hybrids, I could go, it's 50% now, it's a quarter. It wouldn't disappear in just two or three generations. For a long time, you would have pigs that were part chimp. So if pigs got loose, not just in the 80s, but since the 80s, if pigs that were genetically designed to have human DNA in them got loose, not that they broke out of their cages or anything, but human mismanagement, that's just a, a matter of fact. There is nothing that is perfect. So if you're making these pigs and you're like, you hold up the first piglet and you go, ladies and gentlemen, this is the first piglet to be injected with human DNA and all the scientists are clapping, yay breaking open champagne bottles and stuff like that. Yeah, that's day one. After eight years of making these pigs, you're just like, you're like, whatever, it's another pig. It's not this special thing. It's just another thing in your office. And then people are going to lose stuff. Haven't you ever gone to work and you can't find your stapler? <laughs> your stapler was a half-human pig. These things aren't even half-human. They're just partially human. But the fact is, is that in our food supply right now, if you're assuming you eat pork, right? There's two major religions that don't even eat pork. They're just like coasting on this whole episode. They are like, well, I'm, I'm not worried. About, I'm not worried about any of this stuff. But if you eat pork, you could be eating part human. You could be eating a little bit of human DNA every time you sit down at Thai food and you have pork, Thai food. Um, num, 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 num. You're really eating a dude. Or, to, to be fair, maybe like 1% of a dude. Maybe like 0.5% of a dude. But actually, no. Think about it. If you had uh, two pigs that were 1% human, their DNA was changed, and those two pigs mate, now you have a pig that's 2% human. And then that pig goes... <laughs> that pig's very picky and only has sex with other pigs that are hybrids, right? And they're like going around and they're having sex. Eventually, someday at a slaughterhouse, you could have this guy working there. He's working long days. He has his bloody apron on. He's like pulling this chain. There's like a conveyor belt and the pigs are falling into this vat and they're like, ah, they're going in. And he's like, ah, oh, yes, another day, another dollar, another, <laughs> another pig screaming in my face. Ah, oh, I love this job. 
and the pigs are going up. And then what if one day he starts to see like it's a giant hog. It goes in the grinder. And the, the second one, the hog's a little bit smaller and it goes into a grinder. And then the next hog's just a little bit smaller. And he's like, that's weird. That one had a, <laughs> had a little curly hair, a little bow, a little bow on its head. And like he observes, like eventually he's watching these pigs become more and more human. And then eventually there's a baby on the conveyor belt. And he's like, ah, that's, I mean, think about it. Eventually, you could have so many of these pigs. I didn't want to do a joke about a baby falling into a meat grinder. Even I have my limits. You could have this, you could have so many hybrids having sex that what if like half human, like a full on, on the slaughterhouse floor, a pig give, gives birth to like three normal looking pigs and then like a little human baby pig. And you know what would happen if if that happened right you know what they would do they would call out the foreman and be like hey there are babies on the floor <laughs> babies on the floor what what do we do and they would kill it they absolutely like because you couldn't let that get out you could not let it get out into the general public that the pigs you are eating are having human babies or close to human babies right it wouldn't have to be a full human what if you saw a pig with little baby hands would you eat that no. So if this is happening, they are covering it up. And that's kind of what the poster on the export was saying, too. Everyone's just covering it up, or they don't care, or they don't know. But if you had all of these pigs that are slowly getting into the food supply, and there are different levels of hybridization, or even, I mean, again, just slight human DNA over time, is it possible that these pigs start giving birth to babies that are 10% human, or 20% human, or 50% human? And because of the industrial nature of our food industry, they will just be either thrown into the machines and turned into pork pot pie, or they'll just be killed and covered up because the truth could never get out. It's a terrifying story, and it may be completely baseless. I should say that before I get sued by the pork industry. There could be nothing to it, or there could be everything to it, or it could be somewhere in between. It could not be it could not be happening. It could be happening every day or it could be eh. But is it possible that the pork products we're eating today are partially human? Well, anything's possible, right? <laughs> and literally anything's possible. So who knows? But while I will continue to eat pork products because they're delicious, even though they might be even though they might be part human, I would never work in a slaughterhouse because I would never want to be faced with the decision. I, I'm a man in principles. I will never, ever throw a baby into a meat grinder. I would probably take the baby home and raise it as my own. <laughs> raise it as my own. I will call him Pigmo, the pig baby. And we'll have a good time. He'll be my co-host. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at Dead Rabbit Radio. What's up with these indies lately? <laughs> the show just kind of ends. Where are we at? TikTok is at Dead Rabbit Radio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm so glad you listened to it today. <laughs>